Hello, and welcome back to my Blackadian universe. Uh, we're going to talk today about white space. And uh, for those of you that aren't familiar, white space is about um, the world of privilege uh, that, um, you know, as a dominant race that white people occupy, um, you know, an example um, could be, you know, schools, uh, universities, um, certain neighborhoods, um, even Starbucks, for example, uh, just pretty much anywhere that is seen to be um, basically a place of Western moderns. So basically, that's white space. What we would say in a shorthand is just any place of privilege. Um, so I want to talk about how that space exists in Canada. Um, and, you know, as a black Canadian woman, just about f how I feel welcome in these spaces, um, particularly in my, uh, you know, occupation. Uh, I would definitely say that my occupation, it's a, you know, a typical office for a large organization and it is uh, predominantly white. So um, typically people in the organization would be in entry level positions and, uh, you know, it's sort of uh, historically a place where um, someone of color or an ethnic person could be hired and um, it's sort of a check mark you know of course there's diversity in the organization you know we have you know so many receptionists that are uh, black it's sort of a safe place and uh, there are no decision makers that are um, are black there are no you know management or senior leaders in the organization and uh it's uh, a barrier basically it's a barrier because those roles are typically not seen as spaces for uh, minorities and ethnic people and uh, even women as well so um, I'm doing my darndest to change that you know I'm uh, looking and uh, working to be in a senior role but there are barriers I mean uh, there are people want to hire people that are like themselves and I do not look like anybody that is in a manager role um, that could be my gender it could also be my race uh, for those of you that aren't familiar with the term intersectionality um, it is basically um, the unique position that black women have in society that we are discriminated against twice. Um, we're excluded uh, for certain things because of our gender. And then on the other hand, we're also excluded um, on things for our race. Uh, typically, you know, people would say, oh, you can't be a manager because you're a woman. And, uh, you know, women typically don't want those roles. They want to be at home with their families or children. Um, and then on the other side, they could be, you know, saying that there aren't any black leaders. You know, we typically haven't seen anybody. How is this person going to lead? Do they have the same values as us because they are of a different race? So that's sort of um, 
where it it fits in right now for black women um, in Canadian society. So I, uh, I guess a, a question for uh, our, my l- people tuning into this is, how do you navigate uh, white space? Uh, how do you feel being in, you know, white space? Do you change uh, how you act, how you behave, how you talk? Um, is it uh, self-imposed? Do you think that that's an expectation of you as well? Um, in your workplace, uh, when you go into an establishment, do you feel comfortable going in there? I mean, in Canada... Again, I've said this many times that uh, we feel like we're above this. We are inclusive, we're multicultural, we boast about it. But, uh, you know, I can tell you that there are places that I go where I am definitely being watched. I am not typically their clientele or feeling welcome there. And um, it's definitely a, a very humbling um, experience. Now, I wanted to tell you a very funny story, um, and a great way of explaining it is the excellent movie, um, Sorry to Bother You. So, um, it's sort of about navigating a white space, um, you know, this the character, he wants to get ahead in uh, his work environment, and uh, he's basically being told that he needs to use a white voice. It's absolutely hilarious, but it actually speaks to my experience um, in the workplace. So um, I am, you know, Canadian born, um, and I uh, have, you know, Bajan heritage. And so, you know, I am a Bajan Canadian. I am both. I have a uh, Canadian aspects to me and I have Bajan aspects to me and so um, when I am in a work environment I uh, definitely uh, tend to uh, bring out those Canadian aspects uh, more so um, in those environments because I do feel that that is expected of me it's not something that's being you know explicitly told but um, it's a way of showing that I uh, belong in this environment because I um, I want to mirror my academic peers so um, all right so back to my story of my experience with white space so I was a young, uh, impressionable university student looking for my first job to pay those bills, pay them bills. And um, I uh, uh, was at the time, you know, typical university student, you know, I was like, uh, embracing my blackness. And I uh, wore, I still do wear my hair natural. So um, that means no chemical processing and, you know, just having a big uh, afro or 
whatever my hair does <laughs> so you know I can't get a pick in it to stand up in it but you know it was my natural hair unprocessed just out there just being my best natural black self and you know I just knew going into my first interview that there was no way that this hair that was super appropriate made me proud made me happy would get me a job in these white space uh, areas and I uh, had to you know spend uh, tons of time just blow drying my hair and straightening it and you know trying to look uh, presentable so um, I think it's uh, something uh, black women deal with um, just about um, presenting the self it's uh, respectability politics I'll talk about that later just about you know being judged against a standard of whiteness that we need to um, abide by and so I remember thinking that it was wrong and I thought do I really want to work somewhere where I need to change my natural self to fit in and uh, I remember just grappling with that decision and realizing that um, in fact it was something that I knew needed to do I just um, had to make a compromise and it was something that I was you know willing to do at the time but I remember uh, shortly after I got the job you know about a week or two into it I went right back to my natural curls and I thought deal with it that's this is me this is me this is how it's gonna be and I just um, I feel like it was a bit of a shock to uh, some people in the office but uh, you know no one said anything how could they you can't say nothing anything because uh, they'd, there'd be trouble I'll be honest that they'd be there'd be trouble uh, coming for them so um, uh, definitely feeling uh, just uh, a little rebellious there just wanted to share that story so yeah definitely let me know uh, your stories about uh, maybe how you felt about changing yourself just to fit better into some white space So I, again, I wanted to talk another, uh, tell another story just about um, being in white space and just uh, my experience. I know that's my experience about trying to get a job was, uh, you know, a few years back now. And uh, currently, you know, I work in a predominantly white environment and there is this feeling that I'm tolerated, but I'm never fully accepted into this world, you know, um, because I have an education, uh, because I am Canadian born, and again, I, I have, I'm sure, stereotypical uh, Canadian things about me. Um, you know, I've had people even say that they were like, oh, uh, speaking to you over the phone, I assumed you were white. Again, bringing back my white voice, and I'm like, who says this who says this to people what what, what did you just say uh, again I so I am you know 
at work so I can't take my earrings out but uh, you'll be you'll be sure that I just um, you know ask them about what I don't understand what that means what can you explain why that um, why you felt compelled to tell me that just put them on the spot try be a little bit of a you know try to put uh, some education out there for for the white people I'm working with about what's appropriate and what's not um, so being in a white space it's basically this feeling of being different um, so you know white people get to be the standard of normal and the ideal to which everything else is measured and that um, is something that uh, as ethnic minorities we um, have to navigate um, particularly I'm focusing on um, my you know career world but this is also the case in our everyday lives and I wanted to talk a little bit about that right now so um, oh, interestingly um, I, I find that I I provoke a lot of confusion and typical anger um, just uh, walking around in my daily life and I'll, I'll tell you um, I, I think why this is so I uh, I'm just gonna put it out there I think I project uh, confidence I think that wherever I go I typically am very confident in any space that I go into even if it is white space that's just who I am how I was and I get um, people get angry at me white people uh, treat me with disrespect I get uh, I've had people flip their hair in my face <laughs> my damn face like I want that hair in my face did you wash that hair um, you know literally sneering I've had people sneer at me um, and I refuse to back down I just I am confident you know I walk like I deserve it I own it I deserve to be here I worked my tail off to be in here yeah that is you know yeah look at my purse you know that's right it's mine I hung it over here I work for it and so I, I think what that boils down to is that I am a walking, talking reminder that racism is a lie. The lie that they've been told their whole lives, that uh, they are inherently better than me based on the color of their skin. I am a walking, talking, ex living, breathing example that that is not the case. You know, I have access to their world, their privileges, and I am not walking around like I am grateful at all. I walk around like I own it because I do. I deserve it. And so, um, you know, racism is basically the promise that the average, you know, white person um, is better than any other race, that they're better, that they're going the most overachieving you know black person Asian person person indigenous person uh, they are going to get more out of life simply by being white and so you know when I'm walking around um, 
you know, out there in their space, um, it's an affront to this inherent belief. And I, I know that, you know, even the most liberal, you know, white person at some subconscious level, um, they have that in them. And it's just, um, just like I know it, I'm not white, but I know what the lie is, what's been told and what's been preached. They get it too. And so they somehow believe it. And um, I strip them of that security. Life is hard for everyone, but racism promises that it will be much harder for me. And that is comforting to some people. And I guess, and the anger that I get because I am not uh, getting, I'm not uh, showing that my life is clearly, um, you know, life is hard, including mine, but because I don't walk around with that on my back, I get anger from it. And so that's my take on why I get some haterade just being thrown at me on a daily basis. All right, everyone, I hope you enjoyed uh, my take on white space. Uh, Again, thank you for joining my Blackadian universe. I'll catch you next time.